Yo, what's cracking, fools? Welcome to the second episode of the Don't Blame the System podcast, fools. So in this episode, we got a very, very special episode. We got two guests in the building. You may be asking, what building? This building is brought to you by the Hood Santa, Tito, a.k.a. the Hood Santa. Thank you so much for allowing us to use your office. Thank you. We appreciate it. We got Rezo in the what's building. What's up? What's up? What's, what's up, cracking, fool? What's up? What's up, dog? How you doing? Good right here. I like shit. your hat. Oh, hell yeah. That's dope hat. Yep. Nice, nice, nice dope hat. Yes, sir. All right, Rezo. So we're going to kick this off ASAP, all right? So so let us know, fool. Where are you from? Where are you from? Where, so where were you I'm, born? Where did uh, you grow up? I'm born in Mexico. Um, They brought me when I was four years old. Um... And I've just been living over here for, like, 24 years, bro. Where's over here? Uh, South Central LA. South Central. Yeah. 24 years. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That's, I mean, that's longer than I've been alive. So, what, what? Oh, yeah. For real, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's crazy. Yeah. How, was your, how was your childhood, though? What would you do for fun? Huh? How was your childhood like? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, I, I, they brought me when I was four years old. I didn't know English. Um, I got adapted over here. Um, it was, like, what, first grade when I started learning English. And, um... Yeah, I started drawing when I was five, and um, I don't know, just I liked it, and it started, you know, I, st- I got into graffiti when I went to middle school, high school, I took it more serious, and then um, I was doing illegal graffiti too, you know, so. Well, were you doing legal graffiti <laughs> or no? Nah, it was, uh, it was all illegal. <laughs> well, you know, when you start, when you start graffiti, is like, like everybody, you don't have really good skills, and especially spray can, you know, so, um. I think that was a uh, good way to practice. You know what I mean. So from there, I just I kept it going, bro. And then after high school, I um I kind of took it a little more serious. You know, serious. And and so how do you how do you like? So a lot of people would think graffiti like that's not like that's just like a joke so, or that's vandalism. Or how do you take that serious? What do you mean by so taking like it serious? like so it's weird. Not not weird. That's not the word. Um, I just learned this. Like, there's different things, like graffiti, art, mural. There's, like, different segments of, like, you know, like, people go to college and take a course and learn art, but they're not, that's not graffiti, you know? It's like politics and all that. Right. So, yeah, I was kind of, like, in a way also, like, tag banging. Okay. Which is kind of, like, not good, bro. That was, like, kind of leading to, like, you know, like, you're kind of, like, now you're, you're dealing with other people beef and getting down with other dudes was this while you were in high school or after <clears throat> so middle school it was like middle school was kind of like like little prison bro you know it was like it was turned up like you know it was a little prison like like little war zone or yeah like it was what like, middle school did like you go to? uh john muir middle school so this was in, in south central south central there was so many like different violence was there violence oh yeah bro and it's like since middle school. Since middle so school. So what years were this? Like what? What around what year? Was but this? um, so two thousand and six to two thousand and eight was middle school. It wasn't like like stabbing and none of that, bro. It wasn't like no major. It was more like fighting. And so there was a lot of fighting. Yeah, it was a lot of fighting. You know, I didn't like to get punked, and there was a lot of that. You know, a lot of. Did you get bullied a lot because you were from Mexico? You know, in the beginning, like first grade kindergarten, like fools tried to clown on me, you know, but. After that, it was just yeah, I adapted. So, fools. So what? Is, what is? What do you mean, fools? What is that? Fool. Fools. Yeah. So I grew up saying that word. You know. So, so what? The, what does that mean? Fool so, to me is like yeah, like way. You're that way. Like okay. You know, like what's up, fool? Like you know. Yeah. So it's just like another word for saying bro. Yeah. There you go. You know, okay. a lot of my my um, when I came from Mexico, the first place I lived that was East LA, so a lot of my cousins and my his homies would always say fool. You know what I mean? So. That word is pretty, pretty out there. 
Yeah, you kind of just got used to it. You're yeah. just a part of your vocabulary. Yeah. So well, so after high school, um, what, well, how, how did you get like, what, what are you working? How did you start so, working? So, <clears throat> so uh, my dad, he's always been a gardener. You know, he's does always done. He's always been a jardinero. And I remember when I was young, bro. Like that was another thing too. When I would go to work with him, I used to draw a lot in the in the truck. You know, okay. in vacation time, he would be like, "Let's go to work," and I'd be like, "All right." So uh, I would draw, and that's where it started. But uh, yeah, so after that, I would be like, "Man, I ain't gonna do this shit when I grow up," you know. And then now I have my own uh, uh route, my own land. So you know, so gardening is more like when you're jardinero, you just do like houses, maintenance, cut grass. You know, right. what I do now more is landscape. So like new lawns new like new plants like remodel the whole like new irrigation system um we also do trees <clears throat> so i came in like the business and i kind of like took over well i bought my own route and then i helped him out and that's what i do bro i, I run a landscape business now and then um i do art on the side what and I, like so you just stuck to graffiti yeah. you still you still do graffiti so or graffiti do right now i haven't really done like any lettering Okay. It's just been really like more of art and like murals, but okay. I still, murals. you know, I'm still in graffiti. So mu murals and 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 uh, landscaping, gardening, stuff yeah. like that. So how how do you um in your like how do you get a route or how do you actually go about uh, getting like clients for someone that wants to start or someone that's like maybe someone that works in that and they want to like you know start their well, own. Well, it's like everything, plumbing, every every business. I think you first you first gotta learn. The work, right, yeah. the, the business in, like anything like restaurants, you got to know the business and then just save up some money and invest. You know, there's guys out there that are older. They're trying to go back to Mexico or just trying to sell the business. And that's what I did. I bought a, I bought like two, three routes from these, uh, these older guys. And then from there, you just start getting recommended and start like, and then I know English. So it kind of helps too. You know what I so, mean? So a route is just like a list of houses. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then, and you do that like a route, like. One route one day and route route another. Or how, yeah, how and that then work? from those routes, bro, um, you get a lot of uh, a lot of landscape jobs. So the cool thing about that is I don't, I don't pay any bit, uh, cause you could pay on online to get work. Right. And I I know people that have a landscape business that pay to get like business, okay. which is good. I mean, you get big jobs. Yeah. But right now I don't want to do that cause I don't want to like be too busy and then not focus on my art. You know what I mean? Okay, so you're really passionate about your art. Yeah, bro, it's fucking, I mean, you know, that's how I met you. I yeah. I feel like my art has just brought a lot of, you know, unity. And <laughs> <laughs> it's because uh, the other day, bro, I, I, it slipped out and I said, unity. And <laughs> fuck, every, that shit like stuck in my head, you know? No, you can't even think so about unity. So the homie hood center was clowning on me on that. But yeah, um, so yeah, no, it, brought, it brings a lot of people together, bro. You've seen it, like when yeah. I invite you, you're always coming out support. You bring the doves, and um, I met a lot of cool people. You know what I mean. <clears throat> so, how's the process of actually get uh, doing a mural? Do you just like you just show up and you start? So painting the way it works, or? you know, like a lot of people would be like, "Hey, you're not getting paid for this. You're not." The, and then it's like, I don't. I would. I when I do when I do murals and that, I do what I want. Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't want to get. I don't expect to get paid. Now, if you, they want, sometimes they don't need me paying, bro. Like the owners, but <clears throat> for me, it's more like hundreds of people see my art bro and then you know what i mean yeah. so so who so so you have to get directly with yeah the you owner. just gotta get, you the, get with the you owner. just get permission from the owner you don't gotta worry about the cops or nobody else oh, okay so but most of the times even the cops like pass by they don't even know if i did get permission or not you they know just keep it strong just so i have homies that have done that like where they they don't even ask permission like they say they go on a saturday or sunday 
when the business is closed and then they do it. And then sometimes the store owners don't even say nothing because they look at it like, ah, it looks cool. And they just leave it. Yeah. The, but the, as you're taking a risk, a chance they might buff it out, like paint it over, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, how, okay. So, first you go, you go to an owner and you're like, how, how, okay. Yeah. So, I like, if you want to approach, yeah. So, how, so, 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 so first of all, yeah, right, so, 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 like, you, you, I don't think anyone could just uh, pull up and be like, hey, what's up, fool? Let me paint on the wall. Yeah, of course. You can't. Like, so, you have to know how to approach people. Yeah. You have to know how to, yeah. like, do you remember the first one you ever asked for, or was it like that you had to that it was someone that you didn't know, where you actually had to go out and speak with them? And how <laughs> did you actually like how did how did you go about doing that? The first ones I started getting were like little ones, little alley ones, little like like how like a uh, a height of a house, okay. and then um the first first big one that I I did was a schoolboy Q one. That one was massive, <clears throat> and um I just talked. It's kind of hard when like when you talk to Middle Eastern people or like age uh. Koreans or other people that don't know about like they don't get what art means and this and that so I have to like I introduce myself I tell them who I am what I do um I show them pictures of the art because they want to see you know but when it's more like Latinos and culture they kind of get it you know okay. or black people but okay. it's when it's like Koreans Middle Eastern guys they kind of like well, like they don't understand it so being being in South Central though like who do you see um is mostly the owners of the commercial building Oh, it's it's a little it's mixed, bro. It's mixed. Yeah, it's mixed. All the walls that I've gotten, it's been like mixed. Yeah, blacks, mixed, uh, Latinos, Asians. Right, I'm saying that. Okay, so what about in terms of like the people that live in South Central? Like, oh what my, kind of oh, well, how did, what did I grow up? Yeah, what kind of people? So I just in? grew up with uh, with uh, um, Latinos and blacks. Latin only only did that cause tension or no? What What do you mean? La only uh, it being like Latinos and blacks was there tension where you grew up? Me. Yeah, well, well when you general. grew up in, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, in general. Oh, yeah, bro. I've gotten fucking uh, middle school. I remember um, some fools, they didn't even bang on me. They were just like, fuck Mexicans. And they, they you know, they pocket checked me. That was a thing. Pocket check, you know, take all my. Everything for you. Empty your pocket. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was a time that I was going through that, like around 2006, 7, 8, you know. But I have a lot of black homies, bro. They're fucking cool. Right. It's just like everything. There's good apples and bad apples. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There's definitely some bad apples all over the place and good apples all over yeah, the place. Yeah, but it's tough, bro. I, 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 you know, I've managed to, like, keep my head up. And, yeah, I've gotten down with a lot of fucking people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So, so, so <coughs> you say that you put your art on, like, you say hundreds of people see them, right? You People pass by there, yeah. one. Two, you make videos and you post them online and stuff like that. Yeah. Do, does everyone love what you do or, or does, do you have, do you get mixed reactions? Um, for the most part, bro, a lot of people like what I do. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I try to put like good stuff out there, you right. know, and, um, I don't really get like too much bad feedback, like of me doing something like, I think art like doesn't have a lot of negativity in it, bro. Like art brings a lot of good energy. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. So to you, is it, um, it's because I know that, that you, every time you'd like to, you, you do a war, you're doing something, you always want to do like. Um, an event, right? Something yeah. associated to it, well, so yeah, that people could yeah. come see it and check it out. Um, let me ask you: For you, is it more about getting the finished product, or is it just about like the whole process? Because do you do you do you paint? Because you're like, oh fuck, like like I want to paint, or do you do you do you go and you're like, oh, I want to work on it, or do you go with the attitude I want to finish it? Okay, that's a good question, bro. And I I to this day, bro, I'm still learning. 
Like, I, I feel you like learn, right. I'm still learning, bro. Like, even with, like, so I didn't go to school for art. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe I should take a course. Like, there's things that I see. I'm like, oh, shit, like, damn. You know what I mean? But that's just to tell you the same thing like you said. Sometimes, yeah, I have the mentality. I used to have the mentality. I'm going to go and finish it. But I learned that, like, when I have that mentality, I've done it. And I go home and I'm like, damn, I should have done this. I should have done it like this. Like, even though I have the sketch, you still, I still have things that come in my head like, oh, I should have done this and that. So sometimes I try, like, not to even finish it. You know what I mean? Okay, so let me, let me ask you something because that's actually a pretty good topic that you said that. So, so if you, so for example, if you go, if you go home, right, and you feel like you're second guessed what you did or, yeah, yeah. or, or you want to change it, yeah. do you feel like that's, um, that is just fear of, of how people are going to see it? Or, or is it because, like, I'm asking you because a lot of people sometimes they don't they don't even do anything because yeah. they're scared of that to happen. Yeah. They, they they don't want to second guess themselves. Or how do you do? How do you deal with with just being confident the first time and not and not eating yourself up afterwards or regretting what you did or or because realistically, I mean, in your case, you can go ahead and you can go and, and change it right. You they give you permission. You can yeah. buff it out, repaint it. But a lot of people, when they do art, it's it's like once you put it out, That's for it. example, music, like like you can you can change like you can't like the song is out, you yeah. know, like you can you can do a remix or whatever the case may be if you want to change mm-hmm. it up. But but how do you how do you deal with with um, believing in yourself and saying like okay, I believe that this is the final product. Is it is it what you feel or is it oh I feel like the people actually like this one. So most, a hundred percent of all the time, the people were like, maybe, yeah, most of it always like the art, right? They always like it. And I go home and be like, nah, I could have done better. I know I could. I know I could. Right. So I don't care like with what they say, because right. most of the time they like it, you know, cause they, they, they don't do it like you said. So mm-hmm. they think it's already dope. Like, yeah, but I go home like feeling like, damn. I know I could do a little better, bro. Like, man, I, like, auntie, I was, like, you know, anxious. Like, I know I could do a little better. Is that, okay, so so the reason why I'm asking you is because, ba- ba- like, based on what you think, do you feel that um, that's just uh, you're motivated to, to be better or you're scared of not being good enough? So, I not, I think it's more of, like, um, like I said, I'm still learning. I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, damn, I wonder as I go, I'm, if I'm getting better, and I think I am, you know. So I'm like, all right, I'm I'm okay with it. Like if I if I'm not the best, I'm I don't care, bro. I do it because I I like it, you know. Right. But I know I could. I sometimes tell myself like, nah, I think I could do better, you know, because it because it, I want to go home and look at it like, damn, that's sick, you know. Yeah. So so the thing, okay. So the reason why I'm asking you all these questions is because the podcast is called "Don't Blame the System." Oh, right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. Uh, um, that's honestly the question that I'm getting the most is what what does that what system yeah. what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, in this case, you've been through um, I would say, uh, many systems, right? Yeah. One system would be just your environment. Yeah. Um, another system would be you come from um from somewhere else yeah. into this country. Yeah. And then another system would be art. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so for example, you can um easily be someone that 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 and i'm sure you know people that are like this that that are like um 
they feel like just because they are from Mexico or they're not from here that they can't do what they want or yeah, they can't, yeah, or they can't follow saying. their dream. Yeah. That, so, so that's what don't blame the system is. Yeah. Don't blame the system is how, how did you take um, responsibility in doing what you want? How did you take responsibility in starting your own route with your business yeah. or whether it would it would be with art? Um, how, like how how did you how do you feel like you didn't blame no others excuses, and you right? took responsibility? Yeah, like how did you feel like you you did that? Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, like um, I just you know I like you said um, how do I word it? Um, there's a lot of times where like a lot of people close the doors, a lot of no's and a lot of downfalls, and it's true. Like you always just gotta keep it going. Um, I don't have citizenship. I have DACA, but um. That didn't stop me. You right. know what I mean? I kept it going. Um, I had people try to clown on me. I'm like, like I have homies that clown, and I and I, I don't get butthurt. But when sometimes, like, you kind of get too far where, like, oh, you're you're super web act. But I know. Super. But, but, I, but, I, but in <laughs> a way, like, I, but I know, like, like they, it's not like they, they don't mean it jokingly. They're kind of, like, throwing, like, low blows. I kind of started to think, like, damn, bro, like, that has nothing to do with. The conversation. Like with with what I'm doing, like look look, I'm from over there, you're born here, you could do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like I don't know, maybe because I'm from over there, I come with a different mentality, mindset. Like I need to do good, you know. Right. Did did I, did at any point did you feel like like you wanted to give up on art? Did you feel like like you were just like, man, you know what? Either this this isn't for me, or or like people tell you like you like like maybe you don't get paid. So like no, I get paid, but I for the, those walls. Right, you I get do, yeah, because you also do people kind of like hit you up for custom walls. Oh yeah, walls, that, right? I get paid for that. Yeah. but the murals is all just me. out of love. Yeah, out of love, out of bro. love, and that, and that's the uh, yeah. so you do. I see you do a little bit of both. You do yeah. you do big murals, and then you that you just commission work, yeah. And yeah, commission work exactly when you can actually go. I was there last time. Was a, a skate ramp, right? So so that's pretty cool. The, like the kid was was excited and everything. Yep. So so that's always like pretty dope. Uh. To, to see that but um at what point did you ever feel like just giving up and giving or, up. Or, or just feel like it wasn't worth it and then what what like so in 2000 so when i got out of high school 2012 um i got a job right when i was 17 and i started working and i was just working working i wasn't even like after high school i stopped tagging graffiti all that i, I was like dude i'm working you, you weren't working with your dad no, I so when I got out of high school, I uh I had a I, I used to get out of school twelfth grade. I used to get out of like at nine in the morning, so I was like a nerd, bro. I was very smart in school, so I had home. I had all this uh the rest of the classes were home. Okay. So I used to go home early, and then um I had a job, and then I worked there for three and a half or four years. We did a uh, screen printing, okay. like silk screen, and um yeah, like I stopped painting, bro. And then in two thousand. 15 16 i had did like a little bomb or like a little graffiti piece and it kind of like inspired me back to do it but i would always still draw at home and like but not on the street i was in like that's when i really started taking it more serious 2016 and then in 2018 19 is when i took it more serious so how long did you say you had the job for uh like three four years i think three, four, and then it was just like regular nine to five yeah. okay but so so even then you still had you say like you were you were still painting your house or whatever. Yeah, like canvases yeah. and like. But drawing. you still had time, you know. If it was a nine to five, you still had time to to go out in the streets and paint. But what okay. what exactly stopped you though? What it was is not that it's, it it was more of like I didn't know how to um like I said I didn't know how to go about and get mirror. I, I I don't think I was ready, bro. Like with the spray cans, I kind of didn't want to come out and just 
you know, it's like I was kind of like, kind of like practicing and like, you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like where, because spray can is not the same as paper, you know, especially if, if, if you're doing a wall, it's, it's not easy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, I usually freestyle everything. So it takes time. Yeah, and I seen that freestyle. So you don't you don't um draw it on the wall or you don't project it on the wall. Yeah. You just off a picture and then yeah. you just you just go off. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so besides that, so so was there like ha- so the reason why I'm asking you that is um a lot of people sometimes can feel like um like giving up on their art because it doesn't because it's not it's not returning. Yeah. And then um. But sometimes that's not like like. Yeah. Let me let me ask you something. Like, do you feel like that art is like your happy place? So, <clears throat> I can't paint when I'm like if I'm mad or I'm or if like if I'm going through something, I can't paint. Like, it doesn't come out. Oh really? Yeah. So like in 2016, I didn't paint for like a good time. I had got in a car accident and I was just going through stuff and it just it doesn't it doesn't come out, bro. So yeah. So so how do you so how do you come back from that? So you had a car accident? Yeah. Was no. It like like. Bad. Yeah. I had a bad car accident, and so it kind of messed me up. But I came back, and I was just like, I felt a little better, and I just started going hard, you know. Just started saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm alive. So, you know. So was that it? Was that I like awakening moment? Yeah, for you? it kind of was. Well, can you, you mind talking about what happened? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you do mind or yeah, you want to talk? <laughs> yeah, about? I don't care, bro. I tell, <laughs> I tell everybody. I tell the whole world. All right, tell us, tell us. Yeah, just you know, typical. I went out to a bar, and um, I don't smoke weed, so I, I. I, I uh, hit the blunt like two, three times, and it kind of crossfaded me. So I ended up getting in a car accident, and, you know, oh, I damn. went in the ditch, bro. Like, you know, like the big I'm ditch, and I could have died, bro. And my homie was with me, and he was just, like, blessed that we were alive, you know? Yeah. Were you, like, partying a lot at the time, or? Um, I still kind of party, but now I took it to, like, more, like, chill, you know? It was more like, I like just going out, bro. I like having fun. I like meeting people. I like, I'm not that guy that drinks and starts trying to fight people. I'm a happy person, you know what I mean? And I don't drink because I'm suffering or I'm going through stuff. I just, I don't know. It's fun. You know what I mean? You think it's fun? <laughs> I mean, it is. So what do you feel? In your but drink? I'm not an alcoholic where I crave, like, oh, if I don't drink, like, oh, shit, like, I'm, you know, like. So, so do you drink, like, at your house too or not? Nah. So only like socializing. Yeah, like because I I know like if I drink at the house, it's just more like, I don't know, it's more chill. I have, but yeah. it's more chill. Like, no, but I don't go out to I don't go out to get drunk, bro. I don't go out to get like faded. I just sip just don't and get chill. Hammered. <laughs> nah, you don't do that. <laughs> nah, I don't. I never get. You never will see me get like drunk, drunk, drunk. That's good. That, that's good. Me neither. You never see me drunk either. So um, what 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 else um. What other things, like, are you working, like, in terms of Well, so, art? yeah, so, what before I met my boy, uh, the Hood Santa, so I'm part of his local Hearts Foundation now, I'm a member, you know, um, I would, like you said, I, when I was doing murals, um, I started, like, I like always helping people, bro, like, even in school, everywhere, I like helping, co- letting my homies copy, I've always, like, gave out, <laughs> I always, like... That's not helping, fool. <laughs> Because that's not even helping. Yes, then it is. They have okay. to learn. For okay, well, I'll let them copy, but I'll explain to them, you know? I'll, ex- I'll explain to them, so. But, yeah, it, it came out of my heart to just um, just being a good person and helping out, bro, what I can. And, you know, I, I was doing what well, you see when I was doing my own little events. Like, you know, I had, 
giving out stuff or whatever. All right, so let me. All right, for, so let me ask you something. What, what, what exactly have you been doing with the Local Hearts Foundation? What is that about? So I, um, so like I said, my boy Tito, um, I know we got along very good. I like what he does. He's like one of the few, probably like few people I have ever met that has a good heart. You know what I mean? He does a lot, and um, I clicked with him, bro, and I like what he does, and uh, he likes what I do, and it just brought us together where, like, I do art, and, you know, it brings more, more, you, you uh, I was about to say the word, <laughs> unity. <laughs> unity, bro. So, so. What, do you get, what, do you get, what do you guys do, like, for the local Hearts Foundation? So, there's, um, there's a lot of things Tito does. He'll talk to you on his podcast about all everything he does, but for my end, um, I try to help him as much as what I can. Like, I go, like, load up the boxes. Um, I'm trying to bring in resources. I brought in a good resource, donated money to him. Okay. You know, $10,000. One of my clients from uh, that I do landscape. Okay. It's actually, uh, <clears throat> he passed away last year. He was in the film industry. And he would do all, like, the Muppets. You know, okay. the remember that? The, yeah, yeah. the Star Wars. His name was uh, um, Isidore Malfonsky. He passed away last year. So his wife donated uh, last month like ten thousand dollars to the foundation, and and so you you do landscaping for them. Yeah. So I've them. since I was a kid, my dad always had that a uh, client, and um to this day, like like you know I see her, you know she's right. a you know. So you guys mostly mo- is most of your work like high end areas. I'm so no, I do I do regular. You know I do what I can, bro. Um, I try not to be as cheap. Like my dad was always like trying to help out and charge what it is, and I get it, you know, but. We're good at what we do, so I feel like we just charge what it is, not yeah. rip off. Yeah. And um, that's why my my uh, character is Jack, you know, Jack in the Crack, because um, I have a landscape uh contract with them. I do like thirty two, Jacks. Thirty two Jack in the Box for those that don't know what Jack in the Crack is. <laughs> so Jack, so so you have a contract with Jack in the Box. So you're yeah. just um. I do residency. So, some, so someone someone would assume that to get a a, a, a contract with Jack in the Crack. You have to be some sort of white corporate guy. <laughs> nah, mean, no offense, but you're not a white corporate guy. <laughs> so so how, how did that go about? How do you how do nah, you lock that, how do you lock uh, that up? My sister, she knew somebody, and it's about, it's who you know, you know. Okay. Yeah, and it's um they like what we do, so I mean obviously they didn't. We've been with them for what seven years now, I think. Damn. So all of their like all like. So they're franchise, like uh, so they're like they're. You cut their bushes and stuff like that, or everything, you? trees. I do all their sprinklers or maintenance. We do. The and we- this is weekly or, or when they call you? Uh, this is maintenance. Uh, some some of them are weekly, some of them every other week. On contract. Depending depending on which ones need more. Like right now, we cut like. Last week we cut like eight ten trees for them. Like, some of them have a lot of trees. Some of them have, like, a couple, you know what I mean? That's dope. Have you ever thought about branching to other, like, companies like that? Yes. Like I said, um, I just don't want to right now because I don't want to get... See, I I can. The only thing, it's hard to find uh, reliable workers. Mm. So, like, in that case, my dad would be, like, the manager, which he kind of is. And I kind of go out and try to get that counts. But, like, if we was to branch out, we would need more people. It's just hard to find reliable, you know? It's not like back in the day. What about what about like people like like they just don't show up or they're just not they just. So do you feel like? Let me ask you something. So let me ask you something. It's a lot of drones. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people just don't like working. Like yeah, anymore. it's not like back in the day, bro. I was, that's what I was about to say. I feel like people used to like. I don't know for some reason like I like. I used to work at a Ross, and I felt like the people there just like they just didn't work. Yeah. Like they would complain that they get paid. 
they'll be like, oh, I don't get paid enough for this, but they weren't doing anything all day. Yeah. And I was like, how, like, how does that even make sense? Yeah, like, well, let's find another job, you know? Yeah, so so, so being like a, a business owner and stuff like that, I know you say it's hard, but how can you how can you actually overcome that? How can you actually look for employees, though? Um, where, where, have, where have you looked for So it's like more like word of mouth. You know, I've we had guys, good guys. Sometimes they've left back to Mexico. Some have left back. Some some are just drunks. You know, they, they paisa, you know, yeah. like our culture, they drink and then they miss a lot. And it's just like, damn, you know, like. Yeah, you need them to be punctual. Yeah. Stuff. So, but I still manage to like keep my clients happy, bro. You know, sometimes like, like there's been times where like they don't show up like the guys and i'm like i have to like tell the clients i I be honest like hey you know what my guy didn't show up he got drunk i'm not gonna lie and be like hey i can't go because of i just tell them the truth and they appreciate that and i'm like can i reschedule and they're like yeah no nah, i would have straight fired you for straight up who me no nah, if you would have told me that your employee got drunk I been like, well nah. then i told him that I, that's why he got fired <laughs> oh you fired them well yeah i kind of like give him a punishment you know you're like no nah, you're good for you're not good for a week for a week yeah yeah don't come for a week yeah. So uh, that that is a lot of um so the business kind of helps me a lot like to invest in myself like with the murals and like you know if I could like you know give back to local hearts or try to get out there and have a lot of freedom you know to just right enjoy right yeah going back to the local hearts though, so well well um I see um you did the most recent mural that you did had local hearts on yeah there. yeah yeah. So that was, was kind of like Laker colors, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, yellow. Yeah, so so that's pretty dope. And then you guys, what were what were you guys giving out there? So the main the main purpose of that event was for um the vendors, street vendors, protect street vendors. Okay. So I collaborated with uh Gucci Ghost, um his aka Tra- uh, Trouble Andrew. Well, he's a Trouble and Trevor Andrew aka Gucci Ghost, and my boy Hood Santa. Um, he made the collaboration happen, and yeah, we did it for an awareness of the street vendors. You know, you and. Yeah, because I see that you guys have vets that says protect the street vendors. Yeah. So, why? What? What is that? Like, what is that about? So that's Tito started that the hood center. He started that. It was more of like a message awareness. You know, we're tired of all the the vendors getting attacked and bullied and harassed, and it's just like we need to stand up and put a message out there. So, you know, murals now is like people see that it's a message. It's a positive positive message. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good for sure. That's definitely yeah, yeah, good yeah. because, uh, honestly, there's some lady by my pad, uh-huh. Sal's Nieve. Uh-huh. That's just bomb. Strip out. Yeah, one time, bro. One time one of my aunt was like, oh, you know, like, has anyone, like, like bothered you or anything like that? And then she's like, nah. She's like, anywhere I go, like, like even when there's, like, cholos or stuff like that, yeah. like, they'll tell her, like, oh, you know, if anyone bothers you, like, just let us know. Like, we'll take yeah, care of it. Yeah, that's, and that's stuff good, like bro. That. Yeah, it sucks. So, like, them. they show love. Yeah, it's always good because they're, they, well, you know, they're, they're, they just carry... Um, the most of them they just carry cash, you know, a bunch of cash and a bunch of goods. Yeah. So it, they can be like a, like an easy target. But that's good to share that message. Well, um, what do you think is like like a message that you would like to share, like for people that that feel like lost or unmotivated? <clears throat> Depending on their situation, I mean, like my mom always says, like everything has a solution. Well, you know, most of everything has a solution except death. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like. Like I said, I'm blessed to be alive from that accident and other little things that could have happened. You know, I live in a really bad neighborhood, so I feel like you you could do a lot of you could do anything you want, bro. You know, you put your mind to it and you could do it. You know, how do you put your mind into it though? Like, how, uh, like you have you mean, to. You mean, yeah. So how do you, how 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 can you uh, convince yourself to believe in yourself, or how how do you believe in yourself? How do you how do you do uh, it? 
That's a good question. I mean, how did you like? I literally mean like, how do you do it? Like, like how do, do I do, do it? Yeah. I mean, I just the maybe the way I carry myself. Um, I just like I, I like being friends with everybody. I carry myself. I you know I meet people and you meet another person and it just gets you around. You know what I mean? And it's been happening. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to like be like one day to another like the superstar. I just I'm having fun with it too, bro. Yeah. You know, it's fun. Like, well, you see the things we do yeah. and. The skits now. I mean, I never used to do skits, but like kind of doing skits now. <laughs> uh, are you camera shy? Uh, at first, yeah, I was. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people, bro, before all this Instagram used to be, tell me like a lot of like even homegirls would be like, Rezo, you need to carry a camera with you. Like you're always out in restaurants and bars and doing stuff, but you never post it. Yeah. But it's not the same when it's a camera. You know, I never it's it's like and then I'm kind of getting used to it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Cause yeah. I was, I'm a character, bro. But when it comes, you kind, I, I kind of think about it too much. You think about like, like, like you like, overthink what you're yeah. gonna do on camera. Yeah. And when I, when you we're not on camera, I just go with the flow, you know. But it, yeah. I'm getting used to it. Yeah, I remember we were at the, um, the at the what was it, the living in LA, huh? Oh yeah. And then there's like a shitload of people just right there staring, like just just watching you, just just watching you paint. Oh yeah, that's different. Do you, that do, one? do you do you like that, or do you so, like do you like working like like in private, like where there's no one there? So I just I just realized that the other day, Tito told me that Hassana told me, uh, I think you concentrate more when you're alone, and I didn't realize it. And I was like, oh shit, I do. I mean, I know what I'm gonna do already when there's people watching me, but when you're alone, it's more like you're in your own zone. And because even that little talking or that little sometimes could like, you know, disrupt. Yeah, yeah, like you're in the you're in the you're in the flow and stuff. You know. Yeah. Let me ask you something, fool. Have you ever been to a funeral? Have I ever been to the funeral? To a funeral. To a funeral? Yeah. Like a close relative? How close? Like uh. No, I don't know. Like. Um, I don't think I've ever been to like I've been to like uh like far away uncles cousins, but I've never been to one super close, bro. Super close. Yeah, I've never cried. You never cried? Cause I went to them, but you know how you when you when oh you're, you never cried at the funeral. Yeah, <laughs> I like thought I, you said you never cried. No, <laughs> I was like, that it's a big bad guy right here, dog. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to a, in a position where I went to a funeral and I cried like somebody close, and it's scary, bro, because you never know the day tomorrow. Yeah. Just you know, that's why I try to be. Well, I don't try. I am a good person, and you know, because you never know who what will happen. You know. Have you? Have you? Uh, have you? Uh, well, the reason why I'm asking you is because obviously you know I go to funerals like every yeah. day. You know, this is just do something. You? Do I go to funerals? Is that day? you? Nah, yeah, fool. That's <laughs> me. And that guy, by the way. <laughs> so I go to funerals every day, fool, and that shit is like, yeah. you know, it gets it gets. That's uh, crazy, bro. Because you deal like you have a, like, not comparing it, but you're okay. So you're in a in a zone where like you know how police officers and ambulance, all they're dealing with is negativity. Yeah. So all you're dealing with is emotions and and all sad yeah. and all that and it's like it's crazy bro yeah you have to have a like you know a big good mindset you know yeah it's hard but at the same time it's it's kind of not that hard and it's kind of something that I, I was one like kind of just forced into and then two um something not not really forced into like no one forced me to do it but I did it as a kid to where I didn't even understand what's going on. Yeah. And I kept doing it until I understood what was going on. And I feel like my brain adapted around that like oh, too much. Okay. So that's like that's like that's like the You like got the, used to it. Yeah, I got used to it. I got used to being around it. Like that's normal. Like like it's it's just like like it to me it's just um 
So like when I go when I go to a funeral, right, I have to tell people like, oh, so and so is at peace, right? So and so is at peace. So so when I when I say, you know, this person that died is at peace. So when I have to tell people, I have to go to a funeral, right? I have to be like, all right, fool. So why not tell them like that? You know, I'll be a professional and shit. Tell people my title. I'll be like, so <laughs> so did you? So so I'll be like, so um, you know, we're gonna do the dove release. It's a symbol of this. You know, I'm pretty good at what I do. Hey, too. remember when I first met you and you and, and I was like, how do you do it, fool? Yeah, for I was doing the professional fool activated fool. Yeah. So so. Basically, it's kind of like you have to transform, right? Yeah. Like to, to go to go up there and yeah, talk to them. Yeah, professional. Yeah. And and so I have to tell them like this person that passed away, like just not he's at peace now. Yeah. You know this person is not suffering. So when I have to do that for every day for two three times a day, the only peace I know is that. Yeah. So that's just crazy, you know that. So it's like, uh, and I ask you, have you ever been to a funeral? Because a lot of people have um, been to a funeral where, where it's like a like very very life changing, you know, where it's like the first time you actually realize like, like well there's a body there because I I seen bodies you know like buried, burned, all that stuff you know. Yeah, you've been so there. yeah, so when you see like damn like that's a body or or if you touch the cold body, like it it it, it can shift your perspective. So I was gonna ask you if you had witnessed something like that, if it if it shifted your perspective in any way or any like I know you had a near like you say like a near death experience where you possibly couldn't have made it. Yeah. But have you had where like any any death nearby, nothing like that. So that's one thing that I've I, I try not to think of. Like that's why I kinda don't like watching the news. Because yeah. I get worried. So if it happens, I feel like if somebody ever closed like it hap- I think it will kinda mess me up. You know? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, it hasn't happened, so I know it will affect me. But uh, I have to be prepared, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I know you're very strong about it because you see that every day. You yeah. deal with that, bro. So I could just imagine, like, like one day I get a call, my sisters, my dad, mom, anybody, you know? Yeah. But it's it's part of life, bro. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people have to, um, like, for example... Don't blame the system. You can easily blame your parents as to why you couldn't do this or why you couldn't yeah. do that or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And in the blink of an eye, they, they won't be here. Yeah. So instead of blaming them, you know, you can easily say, you know, they've been through what they've been through. They did whatever yeah. they did, whatever the case may be. But now I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to do this and I'm going to show them different. You know, if your yeah. parents didn't love you, uh, trust me, if your parents didn't love you and you love them, you're going to feel more better than if you do the exact course. same thing. If you do the exact same thing heart, back, yeah, yeah. if you do, if you hate them back, you're going to be like, you're never gonna feel, yeah. you know, so some yeah. something else. So yeah, I have, uh, yeah, like you said. I mean, as long as you're good to yourself and you're true to yourself, and you do good, everything will and, just and to the people because yeah, of they, course. you never know. You never know when, like, yeah. when, like, you're you're anyone, like you said. You never yeah. know. Like, you can just get a call, and it may be, you know, hopefully not, you know, but it can be, you know, family or friends. Or, and then or, you stay with that argument. And it's like yeah, Damn, bro, that last like, that last argument or yeah. whatever the case may, may be. So we just. Want to encourage you, fools. So if you have any last motivational speech for any fools, you want to let them know something? Um, any motivational? I mean, I'm just, just keep going. If you guys are, like, if you guys love something, just keep doing it. Um, Don't rush it. Uh, Just do it. I do it. You know, I, I'm i having fun with it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's going good. I mean, I met you. You're a good person. Yeah, appreciate met, it. a good person, you know, so. I'm sure I li- you I met like some that. crazy people too. Huh? I'm sure you met some crazy people too. Oh yeah, bro. I, I seen at the at the man. Sometimes there's people. Oh, last time we were there, no, I what well, I think yeah, huh? There was some guy who just started talking shit for no reason. Oh yeah. He's like yeah, yeah, and like, like I for, deal with yeah. shit. I dealt with shit like that growing up, bro. But I've learned to just before I would just like 
fight back and but now as I'm growing up I just realize like sometimes you just it's, it's it's not that I'm scared it's just more like fuck if I beat this fool up it's gonna just make it worse or I just be low key about it get at him later you know what I mean because I yeah when I done murals that was actually my first time somebody ever tripped on me bro yeah yeah that was a man mural yeah it was like damn so I was just like I I kept my mouth shut because I knew if what if he came back and just messed yeah, up my kid, whole mural, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I get it. There's people, like, that have an old-school mindset where they don't like art in their hood, yeah. you know? But I'm just trying to do something good. But for the most part, a lot of hood people support me, bro. Yeah. They like what I do. That's what's up. That's you know? what's up. They, they like what we do. So that's the first. This is going to be the first half of the second episode. So we're going to go ahead and be right back, guys, after this short little commercial for our sponsor. So shout-out to our sponsor. So we'll be right back, guys. All right, what's cracking, fools? Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Don't Blame the System podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Los Pinches Gummies. So check it out, fools. They got some fucking gummies, and they come with a special sauce. So you fools can go ahead and check them out at the Avenue 26 Night Market every single weekend. They got a website coming out, Latina Family Owned. So make sure you fools go ahead and support them. Look, you put the they got the carry-on special sauce. Mm, drizzled in on top of the peach rings. They got all types of gummies. Got the rest of them right there on the table, but a lot of sugar is bad for you, so we're only going to eat them one at a time. Oh, that's scrumptious. Mm. Yes, sir. Shout out to Los Pinches Gummies for sponsoring episode two of the Don't Blame the System podcast. Tap in at Los Pinches Gummies. Let's go. All right, what's cracking, fools? Welcome to the second part of the second episode of the Don't Blame the System podcast. Once again, shout out to our sponsor, Los Pinches Gummies. Thank you. We appreciate it. Make sure you guys tap in, check them out. So we got a very special guest in the building. We got... Hood Santa Tito, aka Hood Santa, aka Local Hearts Foundation, aka Rezo's best friend. Rezo's very happy that that Rezo's very very happy that you're here with us today. Oh man, I thank you, brother. He's been telling me that he's like, he's my far, manager now. Yeah, dude. far far in love with you. Yeah, so he's my good. manager now. That's good. Uh-huh. So 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 let us know. You want us? To, you want to go by Tito or the Hood Santa? Uh, Tito's fine. Tito, Tito. Tito's fine. Yeah. So I mean, if we're gonna start off with Tito, uh, where's Tito from? I'm born and raised in Long Beach, bro. I've okay. been uh I was born in, in Long Beach many moons ago. Uh raised in Long Beach to about maybe the age of twenty three, twenty four, moved to Downey, bought a house in Downey, settled down in Downey, raised my children in Downey. Uh so yeah, I'm out here now in Downey. So twenty you twenty three? About twenty two, twenty three, yeah. So so that's 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 how I'm first of all pretty young for a lot of foods to be buying a house. Uh, no, no, I didn't buy a house oh, at that age. Okay, okay. You I moved out. out. Okay, yeah, okay. I made I made some money in the music industry. Uh, I produced some music for Snoop Dogg and the East Siders back in the day. That's why you were young, yeah. Twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenties, okay. and then I uh, I had to get out of the neighborhood. My wife thought it would be a good idea yeah. for us to leave, you know. <laughs> and I I didn't want to, like most of us, right? You're born and raised in a, in a city that you love and you cherish with everything you know in your heart. And my wife was like, I think it's time for us to move out. You know, raise our children somewhere else. Just because you made it in Long Beach, you know, uh, doesn't mean our son would have the same right. chances. Because you know, it is a gang, gang uh, riddled neighborhood. You know, where we grew up, that kind of deal. So, so we moved out of Long Beach and we moved right. to Downey. Right. So, so you said that it was a uh, pretty um, hectic with with gangs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, how how much was the influence of gangs for like a young teen or, or someone young growing up there in Long Beach during that time? Yeah, man, it was uh, pretty heavy. Pretty, uh, it was pretty interesting. You know, it's almost like you're almost like 
you're like next in line, you know. Yeah, forced, you know? forced into it. Yes, you know, uh, my my family's uh, all gangbangers, mm-hmm. majority of them. Not all of them. My brother's not, but uh, you know, some of my my sisters were, and uh, my cousins were. Uh, but uh, my brother said, "Nope, you ain't doing that." And my brother uh, was on top of me when I was a young kid. He taught me how to break dance. I became one of the best break dancers in Long Beach, etc. You know, then he said, "Hey, you're gonna play football now." I became pretty good at football. And then about middle school, I hated school. Uh, he challenged me. He said, yo, bro, if you get a D in one class, I'll buy you a skateboard. Because he saw me riding skateboards. So I got a D. Guess what class? P. ESL. Uh, and that's... I'm American. English as a second language. <laughs> you know? So my brother bought me a board, and then I fell in love with skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to skate. I used to skate when I was younger, too. So... So that's good. You had kind of that 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 person that that guided you, that 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 kind of kept you away, and and so I know you're saying that that you took part in like in in music, mm-hmm. and and so I'm assuming during that time, like you said, maybe Snoop Dogg was is that was that when he was starting? Did were you? No, 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 or? Snoop. I, I I did the the music for Snoop in '99. That was okay. my very first. There's a record up here. It's Top Dog. It's a, a platinum record, right. means over a million albums sold. Yeah. I think it's about like four million records sold right now. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I uh, my brother stepped up because my father committed suicide uh, on Christmas. So uh, I was six years old. And then my brother stepped up and said, hey, uh, I'm going to be the man of the house. And uh, respect my respect to my brother because he himself was just a kid, you know. Yeah. He had oh, to be no more than oh. maybe about 13, 14. Okay, yeah. uh, for him to step up and 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 take over uh being a man for all of us uh is commendable i love my brother f- yeah. for one for him doing that for us so yeah he was pretty much the authority uh that i listened to you know because i my mom was a vendor my mom was a door knocker she would go door to door selling whatever levi shoes uh whatever she can get her hand on uh, she would go to mexico and leave us at home that kind of deal uh so yeah when my dad committed suicide uh we're extremely, extremely poor, you know, like, uh, you know, most of us are poor, but right. we, we were extremely poor. We went from having, you know, my dad was a, a diesel mechanic and he broke his back uh, to my mom being just a vendor, you know, and uh, that that definitely uh, put a, a, you know, a damper, let's call it, on, on our life in the struggle of uh, being poor and uh, not having new clothes for school and you know that kind of deal, and not having a backpack. I never, I never had a birthday party in my life till I turned 45, and I threw myself my very first birthday party, and it was because we couldn't afford those things. You know, yeah. I never, uh, I never, I never got to go back to school shopping because uh, we couldn't afford those yeah. things. So that is where I'm at now. That's what's, uh, that's what's pushed me to uh, create a foundation which I run now. It's called Local Hearts Foundation. I, I am the director of it. And uh, we have some board members, uh, people that come in with ideas, with, uh, you know, uh, ways that we can do more for the community. And we sit down and huddle up and figure out how we can help people. Right. Yeah. So we'll definitely get into the local hearts foundation, but I'm sure you, I mean, you already told me there's a lot of hardships, right? Yeah. But, but there's, um, don't blame the system. A lot of people can easily get lost and just blame their surroundings. They can easily just say, you know what, um. Um, so from for instance, my dad is uh, someone that likes to drink a lot. Okay. I could easily be someone that likes to drink a lot. Yeah, yeah, my, my dad delicate, too. Yeah, so it's a delicate subject, right? You can easily take the route that your dad took one mm-hmm. day, right? And 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 a lot of people um, questions why question why they shouldn't do that, why they shouldn't be 
like their parents or or how how what kind of um first of all um I know that I can tell people that um kids that first of all um it's not your fault like for what your parents are going through mm -hmm. can you elaborate something on that uh yeah for of course kids that sometimes feel guilty sometimes a lot of kids run away because they feel like they're the reason of the problems when in reality you know a, a lot of parents are really dealing with their own problems yeah you know? they, and you they know never, they never got fixed themselves or whatever the or they had be. a bad upbringing too yeah. and they don't know how to teach exactly. and they don't know how to lead you know uh that's kind of what happened with you know with our with us you mm -hmm. know like i think about that uh my mom had obviously and my dad had a you know really poor childhood you know mm -hmm. from mexico Guadalajara. you know uh my mom shares stories that she was working when she was four she was one of the little kids you see uh selling chicles you know yeah. like when you're crossing the border or whatever mm -hmm. right she had that kind of life um so it's not you can't really blame anybody you know right. you, you kind of gotta you know just say okay you know okay that happened I don't want that for me. What should I do so that doesn't happen to me? Now, if your dad is an alcoholic and he said nothing but bad examples for you, yeah. why would you want to follow that, right? Exactly. That should be a sign of, hey, run away as fast as you can from drinking because it causes nothing but heartaches and headaches, right? That's so, true. so you know, if there's anything I can share with, with the youth or whatever is, uh, you know, uh, alcohol, uh, I, I read the other day, alcohol... Uh, there's more people in prison, sitting in prison, uh, because of alcohol than anything else. Just affects your your whole well, you commit, way of thinking. Yeah, yeah they said that uh, um, alcoholics. I, gosh, I don't I don't remember what it was exactly, but they said uh, that if uh, if you're a young kid, and if you don't stop drinking by the time you're like 23, 24, that you're gonna have a, a harder life. Okay. Uh, and then they said, if you stop drinking about 27, 26, but you stop, you're going to get there eventually. And a lot, uh, it's going to, you're going to have a lot more obstacles than the person that stopped at 23. He's going to be there. or She's going to be there a lot faster. You're going to have a lot of catching up to do, right. you know? So, so those things catch my attention because, you know, it's like you start thinking like, man, you know, alcohol's everywhere. Alcohol's everywhere. It's almost a trap. You know, it's like. 100 degrees outside and they they got him in the glass the container cooler. you know it looks like and it's dripping yeah. and they got all this cool art Ice and right yeah. so it's like it's a trap so so yeah you know i would tell kids man you know this might sound cliche but stay away from that you know mm. stay away from those things that that anything that's going to alter your mind and, and 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 make you feel comfortable in your own skin stay away you should be comfortable no yeah. matter what yeah i think i think that's definitely good um how, how was it um because growing up uh, skateboarding, you can get a lot of bad influences, right? And I know you said that that your brother was on top of you, but um, how, how like how did you overcome one people um trying to get you to do certain things, or if you did, how did you stop doing certain things? And do you feel like um one music saved you? Because I know you said you're involved in, in music. Or how was the transfer as well from skating to music? Or how, how, how was that? Well, you know, what's funny is I, I went from breakdancing okay. to uh, skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like most of us. We, we're, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, there's idle time is dangerous, right? Anywhere. Idle yeah. time is dangerous. Ideas come in. Bad friendships come yeah. in. Bad people come in. And they try to influence you and manipulate <laughs> you. And uh, skateboarding is one of those things, man, that there is no haters. Skateboarding is uh, probably the only sport that you're self-motivated at, right? Skateboarding is also one of those sports that if, if you do, if you ollie off a roof 
and you land it, all your boys are psyched just like you. Yeah. Right? There's no yeah. hater. There's no competition. So I, I really love the skateboarding atmosphere. And I carry that same kind of uh, persona and, and that vibe with me to this day because, I, you know, I want to be a guy that uplifts people and congratulates people and right. says, hey, man, you're wonderful. You're good. And that comes back from that upbringing. Uh, and then uh, as far as, uh, uh, you know, that, skateboarding also kept me out of, out of the way from not wanting to join a gang. Or not wanting to run, you know, and be and do harm to people, and I just it didn't interest me. What interested me was uh, was skateboarding, music, uh, the beach, you know, uh, that kind of thing. I was a beach bum, uh, and then uh, I grew up break dancing, so I loved music since I was a kid. And then, uh, you know, when I got about sixteen, seventeen, I started making music, producing music, just for fun. And uh, Goldie Loke was my neighbor. Uh, Goldie Loke is from a group. It was called the Eastsiders. I don't know if you're familiar with that group. Uh, but it was called Snoop Dogg Presents the Eastsiders. And I uh, we grew up together. So we ran into each other skateboarding. And he told me, hey, nut, I'm making music. I said, oh, cool. What? I'm making beats. Let's hook up. <laughs> and then we start. We hooked up. We, uh, we ended up making some music together. And uh, it was always a way to, uh, for me, it was always a way to try to stay in a zone, in, in a place where I can be, you know, where I could be thinking about uh, uh, bettering Trying to be the best. I'm, in, right. I'm in fat, dude. I am infatuated with trying to be the best. Mm-hmm. I am infatuated with being a savage, but in control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I am a, I am a super competitive man. Super, comp- I want to be the best, bro, in everything I do. But I'm also in charge of the way I act. Very conscious. Yes, yeah. I'm in control. Because then, if not, then I'm just out of control, right? I want to be number one, and I want to do all the cool stuff, and I'm going to work hard at it. I'm going to get it done, but I'm also not going to hurt nobody in that process. You know what I mean? So I'm infatuated with being good at things. I want to learn, master things. You know, I, and uh, I don't know what I don't know how that is or what that is. I think a lot of it is probably from my brother's upbringing, teaching me, you know, pushing me. You're the best at this. You're the best at that. Like focus on this, focus on that. My sisters too were the same way towards towards me. Uh, so yeah, that, 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 that was a good, uh, way for me to stay away from, from trouble. It doesn't mean I didn't get into no, trouble because, you know, <laughs> trouble finds you, you know what I mean? And yeah. when you're a young, young boy, young man, teenage boy, you're going to find trouble because you're just a knucklehead and you're running around. When, and then I, I, I about, I was about 16 when I robbed the 7-Eleven. I robbed the 7-Eleven on, uh, on, in Long Beach. I robbed it three times in one night and, uh, I, I went to juvenile hall. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I just do three times a one night. I just kept going back. Yeah. I just kept, yeah, I just kept going back. I kept going like, back. Like you were with like fifteen minutes, or like you were yeah, a couple hours, hours <laughs> probably. You know, you go back. back. The cops were still there. <laughs> yeah, I would go back, and it was more like stealing beers and chips, okay. you know. But the third time, the guy tried to grab me, and I went like this. So they tried to say I have a gun, mm. and I, you know, I, I had a, I had to go through a court process. And then they found out I, I, I got an eighth grade education. They found out that I, I only went to eighth grade. And uh, during that time was when they had just passed that law that if you, uh, you, don't, you don't go to school, your parents are going to be held liable. So they were trying to, uh, they were trying to get my mom a charge. Yeah, get her in trouble. So, yeah, man, I, I did run into trouble. I did. I, I was more like a travieso, you know. Okay. I, I wasn't into gangs, and I didn't want to hurt anybody. doesn't mean I didn't get into my little scuffles and, you know, my things, but for the most part, man, I just kind of wanted to, uh, kind of wanted to do my own thing. You know, I wasn't, I, like I said, you know, I, I, uh, I would 
you know, hang out with a couple skaters, you know, and then, you know, we'd be in competition and I would end up being better than them. Then I would go to the better guys, hang out with them, skate with them, beat them, go to the better guys. You know, so I was always upgrading. Yeah. You know, I was, I was very competitive and I wanted to be the best and, you know, and all, and everything that I do, I can even, you know, I, you know, to my music, you know, like uh, the music career, the music stuff I did. I was the only Mexican in the studio in a room full of black guys producing, right. you know, and, and getting picked because I had that same mentality. It was like, all right, I'm going to make sure when they play my beat that the that the woofers catch on fire. Yeah. You know, it was uh, it was it was very uh, uh I was very driven to 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 stand out, very driven to make sure that uh, that they know who who's making these beats or, you know, where'd this beat come from? Oh, the little Mexican kid made it. Hey, cuz that's a slapper. You know, <laughs> you, know? You, know mm-hmm. you know, I had a lot of that, that, that going on, but yeah, it was, uh, my, uh, my, my childhood was amazing, bro. My childhood was amazing. You know, even that's though, good. even though, uh, you know, all that stuff happened, it, it, you know, I go back and think about it. Like, it's incredible. It's incredible what I got to do, you know? Yeah. But let me ask you something. Did you always feel like it was amazing? Yes. You did? I, I didn't even know I was poor till I was old, older. My mom did the best, you know. That's she good. did the best that uh, that she could uh, with what we had, you know. I, I posted a picture the other day of me, uh, a school picture, mm-hmm. and, you know, because I always say, man, you know, we do these backpack events and back to school drives, and we try to get shoes and clothing for children. And I always share, like, man, I never went to back to school shopping once ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably people were like, yeah, sure, bro. So I shared a, a school picture of, of me in school. And you could see there's maybe 30, 50 kids in the pic- picture. They're all wearing something nice. I'm wearing the dustiest T-shirt in the world, bro. Looks like somebody somebody grabbed the, a chocolate pie and just smashed it uh, on my shirt. Uh. You know, but guess what I was doing more than anybody else in that photo? I was smiling from ear to ear, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's good. You know? Yeah. yeah. That that's crazy. That that's crazy. So it didn't so, bother so, me. Yeah. So 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 you 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 were um how can I say, you weren't um yeah you weren't bothered. You were comfortable in the in the situation. You you liked it, but I feel like that's probably also because you always felt like you were trying to be better. You always trying to like, so you never you never felt stuck. I feel. Well, no, maybe, I didn't. Might, yeah, but maybe. Maybe at one point, but I feel like since that that urge that you say that you want always wanted to get better, you never really felt like you were stuck in a place. You felt like you could always get that better. Right. And and I know you say that that you that your brother you know and your sisters always motivated you to do that. But there's a lot of people who don't who don't have that. There's right. A lot of people who have to do that on their own. Who like mm-hmm. have to have to, have to motivate themselves. So given what, what, like, let's say you learn from your brother motivating you, like, how, how does someone motivate themselves when they don't have anyone to count on? You know, a good question. You know, uh, to be honest, man, you know, we didn't have internet, none mm-hmm. of that. Now, nowadays, you know, the internet could be your big, excuse me, your big brother. You can find so many motivational things online. You could read so many books for free now, now online. Yeah. You could, you could search any, anything online. You know, what are you suffering for? Oh, I think I might have depression. Go- Google it. You know, hey, how do I start a business? Google <laughs> it. You know, how do I start a podcast? Google yeah. it, right? I have diabetes. I don't know what to do. I have diabetes, type 1 diabetes. Okay. Google it. How do I treat my diabetes? How do I eat better? Google it. You know, information is important. And, and as humans, the more information we take in, obviously obviously not useless information, but something that applies to whatever you're you're trying to accomplish, right? right. A goal or a, right something uh apply it and, and and try it you know and and 
most people, man, uh, it's unfortunate that most people quit before they even try. You That's know, the, the, the problem is uh, you got to try. You got to try. And failure is only a lesson, you know? Failure is only a lesson, to be completely, completely honest. Uh, failing is okay. Failing is okay. A lot of people don't understand that. But failing is like the, is is the master of teaching. Yeah, I would know? I would like to I would like to say that failing is for sure gonna be the best lesson you're ever gonna get. For sure. The best, the best sure. lesson. So um, as far as as far as what I have understood, producing is making beats. Yeah. The the sound. The, yeah, the music. Yeah, the music and and how how did you do you remember your first beat like like the equipment where you yeah, just yeah, on, yeah. A, it was on a, a table banging the table? No, or? no, no. It was a drum machine. Uh, my sister, my sister Liz bought me. So my brother-in-law shows up to my house and he says, yo, little T, his name's Tito too. Yo, little T, oh, okay. I made this beat. He was going to Long Beach City, uh, Long Beach City College. And at that moment, at that time, his teacher was uh, one of the ex-band members from Parliament Funkadelic. I don't know if you know who that is, but Nev, uh, Atom Atomic Dog. Atomic no, dog. I'm pretty young. I'm no, you know insane. what it is. No. Dog catcher, dog catcher. Do the dog catcher. You heard it. Trust me, you heard it, bro. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a ma massive hit, especially yeah. in the hood. Every party, every party plays it in yeah, the backyard. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, one of the members uh, from the band was teaching a music course, and uh, my brother-in-law was taking it. And my brother-in-law was like a DJ, like a scratcher, like a mm -hmm. you know, kinda, that kind of that uh, kind of musician or whatever. A DJ, not even a musician. And uh, he said, uh, he came over to the house. And he said, yo, little T, I made a beat. And I'm I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, check out this beat I made. He was driving a Saturn. Remember Saturns? Those old yeah, cars? Those old cars yeah. yeah. And so he puts the beat in the tape deck. And he's playing, you know, what he made. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm in awe, bro. I'm like, you made this? Like, I know him. Yeah. You made this? I'm like, How? He said, well, you know, at school we got these programs, you know, and we're putting this together, putting that together. And and in my head, I'm like, I want to do that. Like, you know, I was like, I was like, right. this is what Dr. Dre does. Like, but now my brother-in-law's doing it. Like, he could do it. I could do it. So I just, it, it, I was infatuated, bro. I was like, how do I do that? How do I do that? So then, like, about two weeks later, we had a, a party at my ne for my nephew Chris was a little kid, like maybe five, six years old, and he brings a drum machine with him. And he says, yo, Lil T, you want to make a beat? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. So then he pulls it out, and then, you know, he's he's like, go for it. And I was just going on there. And he's like, yo, time out, dude. Like, you're doing too much. Like, you know, there's a count. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, right? That's the beat, okay. BPM, beats per minute, it's called. So you got to stay in that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, boom, ka, boom, 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 one, boom, ka, boom, 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 two, right? Okay. So so I was in my head, I'm like, yeah, but dude, I'm hearing this beat in my head. <laughs> boom, 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 you know, I'm doing all this stuff, you know? I'm like going crazy, dude. And uh, he tells me, time out, man. Just do one thing at a time, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Just do the, just do the drum part, the boom, whatever you hear in your head to the to the count." So, all right, cool. So, boom, ka, boom, 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 whatever, right? Yeah. And now the next part, do the do the snare, the clap, right? So, boom, ka, boom, 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 ka, boom. Ka. That's the next part. Yeah. So it's all layers, right? Layers, layers, layers. It's all layers. So, so once. 
once I got that down, I was like, yo, I made a beat. I made a beat. And I'm like, but I, I hear records that got this. What is that? Oh, it's I hat. Give it. Let me try it. You know, so I start. Right. So I started building beat on the site. And then that night when he went home, I was like, what the heck? I made a beat. So I lost my mind. So I called him that same night. I'm like, yo, T, hey, man, you think I can make a beat like this on the machine? So I'm beatboxing over the phone. I was going crazy. I was ready to go. All your ideas. Yeah, yeah. Just like act. They just popped up. And now I think about it. My brother-in-law, he's probably like, my little nephew, my little brother-in-law's nuts. Yeah, yeah, you can do it, bro, for sure. Come is that over. The, is that he's still he's still your brother-in-law? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's his crazy. name's Tito. He's, his name's Tito. Is like he still mine. a DJ or he? No, he, no, no. He's not a DJ no more. He's probably, Tito's probably fifty or something. You know now, okay. fifty something. Okay. But yeah, he. Uh, so I, I, he said, come to the house. So dude, I would take the bus from Long Beach to Downey to use his equipment, and then I was, I was like, man. I want to make beats every day, every day. So then I started taking the bus from Long Beach to Lawndale, which is pretty far to Guitar Center. And I would go in there, use all the equipment. And then at the end of the night, right, they hey, we're about to close. I would say, hey, man, can I get a credit application? And they would be like, here you go. I was only like 16, 17. So they would come back and be like, hey, they say no. Because, <laughs> you know, I was too young, obviously. You for were credit. just buying time. No, I was hoping that they were going to let me get a credit oh. without a job. You, you, you didn't care. You were still no. signing up. <laughs> I wanted the drum machine. I wanted the beat machine no matter what. Without the even, I wasn't even 18, bro. Or had a job. You know, I was still applying. Yeah. So I did that, bro. I would go there and they'd be like, here he comes again. You know, like, hey, can I get a credit application? The guy would be like, here you go. Then he would come back. He's like, they said no again, man. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, damn, you know? Yeah, I think so, I I think there's a perfect opportunity of um how someone could easily just blame the guitar center and be like, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't have the money for it. I don't have the credit for it. I'm never gonna do this ever again. And that's what a lot of people tend to blame the system. You know, they tend to blame what was going on around them that they couldn't do it. But you didn't give up, so let us know. Well, how, how yeah. Keep so going? so basically, <laughs> I was going to my brother-in-law's house, my sister Liz's house, and then she finally said. Uh, I'm going to get it for you, but you're going to pay me back, you know? And I was like, sick. I was like, all right, all right. So I got a drum machine, and uh, I mastered it within, like, weeks. Where my brother-in-law was calling me, and he had it, he had it for, That's like, cute. a year. Damn. Like, yo, little T, how did you do that? How did you get that bass line to go brr to brr? I said, oh, go in there and change the, you know, change the filters. and Because and, in my head, you know, I grew up listening to funk, Rogers, Zap, Parliament, Cameo, Barcades, all this, you know, all the funky stuff, you know. So in my head, that's what I was, that's what I was hearing, you know. I was hearing it. So when he heard me making beats and like, yo, T, what do you think about this? He'd be like, how'd you make that sound? Like it's underwater. But like, oh. So basically, I took their their presets because you know they come with their own sound presets, and I tweaked them out. It's like. Do you know what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, bro. I just wanted it to sound like a fart coming out. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> so basically, I just made a fart, you know? It's all self-taught. You just, yes. you just, you just, by doing it. Yes. I just, I just got into it, did it. And then uh, he pretty much was like, yo, dude, you mastered it. Like, what else you know? Oh, I, I changed these, you know, these, a lot of these machines are programmed by Japanese and, you know, gangster music, you know, it's got to. 
boom, you know, it's got to have that round bass, right? And they had a lot of kicks that sounded like a, you know, like a stomp. And I was like, dude, there's no way this is going to work for what I'm trying to do. So I figured out how to uh, deprogram some of the kicks and recreate them, reshape them. And I was making my own sounds. So I got pretty good at it. And then I, I, uh, I, I was like kind of stuck, like, all right, I need something else because like, what's the next level of this? So then I had a job. My sister, my sister lives. I paid my sister back. I was making monthly payments. I think it was like 189 a month or something. I was just a youngster, you know. But I was, so that, was that was your first, that was your real line of credit right there. Yeah, my sister. Yeah, she, my she, sister she. believed me. My sister said, "Well, you're coming over here every day. You're calling Tito every day to come make beats. Like you really She's like, like just it? leave us alone." <laughs> no, she was more like, she was more like she saw that I was interested, yeah. you know, and she saw that my. My focus was on that, the you know? commitment was there. So then my other sister, Alicia, I told her, sis, because when I got out of juvenile hall, I moved there because uh, they give you all these conditions. Don't hang out on this street. Don't hang out on that street. Like, I live on that street. What, so what am I happened, What do? happened with juvenile hall? Yeah, so I went to juvenile hall. Uh, it sucked, and then I got out. <laughs> well, why'd you go? For robbing the 7-Eleven. Oh, that's right. How long were you in there for? for? Uh, a little while. Uh, oh, a little really? while. Yeah, a little while. It was, it was, it was uh, pretty depressing in there. It was pretty sad. I thought, I thought, when you told me that, I thought they probably would have just, like, released you to your parents or something like no, that. No, man, they, no. They... The judge, the judge, uh, he, he came down on me, bro. So, basically, my, my public defender told me, hey, you know, they found out I didn't go to school. They found out I was a little menace, right? And uh, they said, uh... The public defender said, man, you know, the judge, you know, he wants you to do this, 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 and that. And I did that and far more, right? So he said, the, the public defender told me, man, you're one of the best kids I represented. Like, you got a job, you're getting straight A's, you're going to school, you got your teachers writing about what kind of good kid you are. Like, it looks like this was good for you. So he told me, oh, don't worry about it, you're not going to get no jail time, you're going to get probation. You did everything the court asked and more. So when I went in, I was all happy, like, all right, cool, we're going to get probation. And I stand up, and the judge says, hey, Rodriguez, you know, oh, okay, cool. You're doing great. All oh, your teachers are right. That's excellent. But I feel that you should go to jail for a little bit. <laughs> Fuck. That's um, fucked up. Scumbag, you know. That's fucked up. Scumbag, yeah. So, yeah, they sent me, and uh, that that was a, a, a changing, a defining moment in my life, you know. That made me change, bro. Because I, I I had broken my mom's heart many 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 times before right. that, but nothing that to that degree where she was crying in front of you know in front of me, and I felt really bad like damn I let my mom down you know, so that changed me bro I went to juvenile my mom was bringing me cookies you know <laughs> you know yeah you know and uh, I'm eating there and then she's crying and I'm just like you didn't even I, want the cookies no I'm like I don't ever want to see my mom cry like this again yeah. you know so that I changed bro that was a moment in my life I was like. All right, jail's not for me, and you know, hurting my family and letting them down is not something that I want to do ever again. Yeah. So that from there on, on I changed. But going back to the music thing, so I hit my sister Alicia, which is my other older sister, mm -hmm. the one I moved to her house, and was like, "Sis, I need a computer and I need another keyboard." It's like, "Well, how much you need?" I'm like, "Well, it's expensive. It's like forty five hundred. She said, "All right, well, you're working now, so I'm gonna open you a line of credit." And she gave me a credit card that had like twenty grand on it. 
put it in my name. What the fuck? Huh? I blew it. I went in there and bought all uh, kinds of stuff. I went in there and bought $16,000 worth of stuff or something. <laughs> yeah. My, <laughs> I went in there and bought a couple keyboards, speakers. How much were you making at the time? Uh, not like nothing like that. <laughs> it was more of a dream of go move that pillow a little bit. We're melting over here. Thank you. Appreciate that, Rezo. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was, I was, uh, uh, I was just trying to to make some music, you know. And when you're a young man, you're just going with the flow, and you're like, you're gonna get it, you're gonna get it, you're gonna have, you know, do whatever it yeah, takes, yeah. you know. That's kind of where I, what I was thinking, and that's kind of when it when it all started to happen. Is uh, I teamed up with Goldie, who's uh, uh, one of the East Siders, and uh, one of the first songs we made was uh, it was called uh, it was called Five Doves. It was about uh, tires that go on on Dayton's. It's about lowriders, five okay. twenties. Okay. That's what they're called. The tires that go on theirs. And uh, so we sampled a song from Cameo. It was called Strange. And the, the loop goes, doom, 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 So I sampled that. And then we did a song about low riding and 520s and that deal. And when we went back to the neighborhood, everybody was like, oh, this is a banger. This is, this, hey, cuh, hey, low, hey, this is a banger, cuh, you know? It was it was that kind of deal going on. And uh, so right then and there, I knew, like, oh, damn, we, we got something cool. But we never knew that we were on to something big, you know? Yeah. It's more like, let's do something cool together. Let's have some fun. But, yeah, it turned into something incredible. You know, I launched a music career from there. Goldie, uh, you know, went all over the world, too, and did a bunch of cool stuff with Snoop. You know, he started a group with Snoop called uh, the Eastsiders. You ever heard the song, I love it, when the homies come through, ah, oh, blue, tell me what you're going to yeah. do. Uh, that's them. That's okay. the Eastsiders. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's, that's one of the members uh yeah i got to produce on snoop's movies i got to produce on a couple of other big artists uh records and then uh i started a band called the pricks and uh we got to travel all over the all over bro hawaii country uh had a pretty not, a pretty big following um it was fun you know i had a fun life and then i had a daughter my daughter mia and then i just said hey you know what uh i'm gonna walk away from the gangster music you know the, the west coast rap music because uh you know, it was super derogatory, you know, it was like that your band was that kind of. Music? No, no. My oh. band was positive music. Oh, okay, my band, okay. the pricks was a it's like, like an oxymoron. The name's crazy, yeah, the but 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 the name, the name's crazy. But the music was super positive. You oh, know, okay, it was dope. good messages. But yeah, I walked away to start the pricks because oh, I, okay. my daughter was born and uh, was like, OK. All we talk about is women, degrade women, their bees, their hoes. And I'm like. You're like this switched up ASAP. Uh, this my daughter's under that. Even though, <laughs> even though I had a mom and five sisters, yeah. that never crossed my yeah. mind. <laughs> Not until you had a daughter. Yeah, yeah, you know. So then I created the pricks, and uh, yeah, we had fun, man. We had fun. Uh, Kendrick Lamar opened up for the pricks. That's we were we were doing oh, wow. good. Yeah, Schoolboy Q opened up for the pricks. Uh, dude, there was a, a lot of uh, we were we were creating uh, we were creating a big big Boys, following. Yeah. We had people hundreds and hundreds of people uh, tattoo our logo on them, bro. This is our logo right here. I don't know if you ever seen it. You are you are really young, so probably not. But this was our logo here, the pricks. And so, how, what what happened to that? So what happened is uh, the lead vocalist got married, and uh, he he wanted to have a family. And at the same time, I was kind of having a change of heart. I wanted to do something different, also. Uh, and that's where Local Hearts was born. Uh, he he stepped down, and then at the same time, I was kind of like. You know, I'd done music for so long, and like I'd done a lot of cool stuff in music, but my heart is somewhere else. You know, I was still kind of, I was still kind of uh, searching for a true meaning, a true purpose. You know, and yeah. uh, 
it was, uh, you know, when you're young or when, you know, when you make money or you've had some success, you're like, oh, I got, I made it, you know, uh, uh, I found my purpose, you know, and we, we men, you know, we're notorious for that, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially if you make it money and you got a little career. And then uh, I started giving back and uh, we gave back a couple things to some kids and some families. And uh, that feeling and that joy I got was like, okay, this is my purpose. Yeah, and that's, I'm glad that you say that because purpose is uh, um, very important. Yeah. One, I uh, want to um, kind of navigate through life and two, just to have peace of mind. Because when you don't have a purpose, when you don't know what you're doing, you can get lost, you can get distracted, you can, when you get lost, you can get lonely, depressing, and all of that stuff. So, so I know, um, I know from first, right from first hand that, that giving back is just, um, different feeling you know you yeah. just you just you just feel some uh something that you just can't feel like doing anything else like you said right like like um doing mind altering things just to be comfortable in your own skin mm -hmm. isn't really gonna solve anything right. but when you do find a purpose like that and when you and when you do give back and when you're happy doing that then it's i feel like it's easier to continue doing it yeah and it's easier to not get tired it's easier to not get bored it's easier to wake up motivated to do it and, and all of those things so obviously you had to go through a lot and i'm sure you had a lot of fun in the music and doing whatever yeah, it is that you did yeah, yeah. I'm, i bet but but at the end of the day it wasn't enough for you it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't what you wanted so a lot of people sometimes feel like their life isn't enough like they're like ah oh, man you know maybe this isn't for me and they're scared to take that risk to go a different path to 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 try to do what they actually want to do and i feel like if we're being honest the only reason why you like giving back is because you realize of everything that that, that you've been through even afterwards right, right. afterwards where you were at the time you didn't realize and maybe a lot of the kids that that you help they don't know but their parents know and eventually the kids are gonna know and the kids are gonna remember damn that was the hood santa that fucking that was there you know and helped us out or whatever the case may be but how do you how, how do people find how, how do people find their purpose how, what 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 like what advice can you give for finding purpose you know what every man needs a purpose yeah <laughs> you know if you don't if you're not purpose driven you're gonna be a mess yeah and you're not gonna ever find that that happy zone or that comfort zone you know, purpose, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of ways to find it. You you definitely got to look for things that you that bring joy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, bring joy, bring uh, happy, you know, uh, uh, happy thoughts, you know. Uh, you'll find it. You'll find it because you're going to have that thing, that knock on your heart, like saying, okay, this feels comfortable. This feels like what I need to be doing. Like, I'm comfortable here, mm -hmm. right? Like, this feels wonderful. That's how I found it. Mm -hmm. It was when I handed some kids some stuff. And they were like, this for me? Something as simple as that. Like, I can have this? Uh, and my response was so simple. Like, yeah. How much? I said, no, it's free. And then just her smile was like, whoa, I've never felt that before. And I've had big checks. Yeah, I've yeah. had, you know, accolades, right? Yeah, and well, you, I see, I see the, you, the things you, you have on your And you, you think yeah. that those are, those, are, those are cool, yeah. but they don't compare to that. You know, it's, yeah. a, diff it's a different kind of feeling. It's something that has nothing to do with money. It's something, you know, I mean, I, you know, there's purposes that are driven by money. But for me, as being a director of a nonprofit, uh, a servant of people, right? Servant of the community, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, for me, it's more uh, the reward of me knowing that 
they got something new new pair of shoes new backpack or we can feed them for the holidays or we can give them toys for christmas or we can set up you know a day where they can come get haircuts etc right yeah. uh so so those are uh things that drive me so those are purpose-driven things right yeah. for for me so you know for for people you know if you're a musician if we talk about musicians you know that could be your purpose how are you going to know because you're ripping on a guitar and people are asking you to come over and record yeah. with them right or if you're a rapper right or whatever an artist let's use rezzo what his purpose is you know art right that's what he's doing now we don't know that only he can answer that but you know it seems like he's really good at it right and he's he's doing amazing so there's a purpose there there's a purpose for him to wake up and say hey i need to get better and what are the steps for me to get better or who do i you know who do i look at and how do i compare there's there's tons of ways to 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 search for purpose but uh to find one's purpose you got to dig deep down brain matter you got to look in there and say okay you know what what haven't i touched you know, I'm, I've been in this career, you know, doing this for 10 years, but how come I, I'm, how come I'm still in the same space or how come, you know, how come I can't get over this hump? Well, maybe there's something you're not searching, you know, you know, there's always a way to get over the hump. There's always a way to get over that block wall, that mental block. Sometimes it's taking a step back, you know, and saying, okay, well, no wonder I can't get over this block. I've been doing the same thing for 10 years. I got to figure out how to pivot, slow down, make a right instead of going left all the time. Going right is going to get something different, right? So sometimes people, men, I can only speak for for me. I'm a man, right? right? Uh, um, uh, in my examples is like, uh, don't be afraid to try things, right? Especially if it's if it's something that you love, something that you like doing, and don't be afraid to 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 push push the envelope to push, you know you know the door as far as it can go don't be don't be afraid because really when you go halfway at stuff you're like you're like setting yourself up for failure you got to be committed and you got to go all the way if not you're not going to get anywhere yeah you know yeah, i agree and then um in terms of um of finding purpose i feel like people should also be comfortable knowing that i feel like maybe there's something you experience like it's okay to have a change of purpose yeah like if you feel like like maybe yeah this i is, had yeah, one yeah i was a musician exactly yeah so that's totally fine okay yeah. like maybe maybe you maybe you you feel some people may feel like like this is their purpose but they're not happy with it and maybe you know you gotta be patient and one mm -hmm. day you're gonna see that that maybe you're gonna have a change of purpose and, and that that's totally okay yeah but you have to be open to taking that risk and, and to get out that comfort zone and go ahead right. and do that so you can go ahead and change and and for me personally like i know you say like sometimes like a lot of the money and, and like for me personally a lot of the followers doesn't mean anything and i can tell you i can tell you that i can have uh so many thousands of likes but when i go to a funeral and i have um and i go to release does and the person that hired me is two three times of my age and they approach me and they tell me, young man, that was a very beautiful service. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. how, where did you learn how to do that? How are you? How, how can you do that? Like at such a young age and speak like that, carry yourself like that. It's much more than any like or much more than anything like that. So it's genuine. Yeah. And it's real. Yeah. yeah it's so real. so if you if you feel like you're lost, um, just make sure to be patient and, and like, you know, it's OK to have a change of purpose. For sure. But you have to look for a purpose. Cause yeah. If not. And and I'm I I'm sure. For a lot of people, for a lot of, like you said, men, yeah. I'm sure a lot of you guys may think that, you know, um, 
going out and, and getting women is your purpose or whatever the case may be. But if you're feeling empty at the end of the day, waste of time, then you wasted your time. And, and yeah. yeah, and and your friends might think you're cool. Your whoever might think you're cool. But at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable, like you said, in your own skin, then you maybe need to change your purpose. And you need I, to find I read purpose. something pretty cool on the Internet. It said only a fool prays all night and wakes up and plays video games. Yeah. Well, I think that's the best thing to end the show, guys. So make sure you don't blame the system. And if you pray at night, don't play video games in the morning. Right. That's perfect. <laughs> well, so special shout out to Tito, a.k.a. The Hood Santa, for um, allowing us to use his space here for coming yeah. on on the show. So um, if people want to go ahead and incorporate themselves or, or, or how about uh, the, the Local Hearts Foundation be a part of it, how, how can they How can they Yeah, please, please get involved because, you know, we're advocating for uh, – for uh you know low uh income families under resourced areas our street vendors like as you know you know we're doing a lot of stuff for them uh you can reach out to me personally at the hood santa or the foundation the website www.localheartsfoundation.org or the uh, instagram which is local hearts foundation but yeah you know i got a saying it takes us to save us you know and uh and that's true to the core you know it's really uh us stepping up for our people you know and uh, it's incredible to see, like, uh, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older than you guys, but I'm starting to see, like, you know, young brown, you know, Latinos, young brown, Latinas stepping up and helping because that's what we need. We need to stick together, be united, and uh, we're going to get way more accomplished and way more done, not just here, but on the, you know, federal level mm. uh, if we keep advocating and helping each other. But, hey, thanks for having me on, brother. No, no, I appreciate thank you. you. I appreciate it. So thank you guys for tuning in to the second episode of the Don't Blame the System podcast. Shout out to Rezo as well. Thank you for um, for coming on, uh, taking the time. So remember, guys, make sure you guys uh, just stay positive. Don't blame the system and just learn how to play the game. So thank you, guys. Shout out to Los Pinches Gummies. Yes, yeah, shout out to Los Pinches Gummies. Make sure you guys tap in at Los Pinches Gummies and check out at Local Hearts Foundations and at The Hood Santa. So, and at Rezo underscore 27. So thank you, guys. Appreciate it.